Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday, April 4, and I'm still here with Seth and Michaela Snope. Do people usually say Seth and Michaela or Michaela and Seth? I don't. I don't know. I don't think I've ever noticed. Yeah. I think it's usually Michaela and Seth, but I think it's... I'm going to try to mix it up. Yeah, cool. I was like, I don't really <laughs> know if there's like cool. a rhyme or reason. <laughs> yeah. Probably because you started off as a Snope. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Like he took my last name. So I think it was a little bit of an adjustment for some people. So, uh-huh. or a lot of people. My grandma was mad about it. <laughs> yeah, so was my family. But <laughs> we could have a whatever Skywalker on it. That'd be fine. As long as our last names match. So, Seth, I know it's a, a longer <laughs> story. <laughs> But uh, so what, what possessed, no, I should say what possessed, what inspired you? <laughs> what inspired you to become a Snope? Um, yeah, well. Me? <laughs> yeah, she had. I asked. Yeah, she had the lifelong goal and dream to keep her last name. Hmm. And I wasn't particularly. But I wanted the same last name. Yeah. Like right. I didn't want to be Michaela Snope and Seth Mika. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I didn't want to hyphen it either. So mm-hmm. I was like, we are basically becoming one. Mm-hmm. So we need the same last name. and. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, it could be Skywalker for all I care, mm. as long as we have the same last name. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I'll become a Snope. I think you would have preferred Skywalker. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I think I pushed for Skywalker quite yeah. a bit, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I had just really okay. enjoyed my last name and his maiden name um, <laughs> was Mika, which... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We need a different word there. I know. I don't know. His I uh, know patron go- name? His Yes, nobody right. says that, that yeah. but yeah. <laughs> My patron name. Yeah, his Ooh. patron name was um, Mika, which is spelled the same way as the first half of my name. Oh, and Mi- so Mika and Michaela. M-I-K-A, yeah. yeah, which is the first half of my name. And so I had always kind of been interested in keeping my last name. And then that played into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was just like kind of early in our relationship. I was like, hey, I got kind of a weird question. <laughs> Yeah. And he, you weren't really on board at first, so no. it was a lot of conversation. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm all for it now. And now I we're snopes. <laughs> That's very unique. Well, since we're in just kind of telling some personal stories, um, Testimony Tuesdays, we love to just get a little sneak peek into the spiritual journeys of those who come onto the podcast. So how did you guys come to faith? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Because it's probably shorter than mine. Sure. I can do that. <laughs> Um, I grew up in a very religious household, so I came to faith, like, at birth, basically. Um, and I was incredibly strong in my faith. I got baptized at 13 Mm. because I really did the research and I wanted to commit my life to God. Um, I... Where did you get baptized? In my pool, in the backyard, (laughs) (laughs) and we had, like, a bunch of people over and... We weren't baptized as infants because my parents wanted us to be our choice. And Mm so um, I made that decision like in eighth grade, I think, Mm -hmm. and was really passionate about my faith all through high school. Um, I have cross ankles on my tattoos, or cross tattoos on my ankle. (laughs) Cross ankles on your tattoos? Yeah, cross ankles on my tattoos. (laughs) Words are hard. Um, Because I always wanted it to be a reminder to walk with God. Mm. And I got those when I was 16 because I was like, 
well, if I ever regret these tattoos, it means I'm not at a place in my life where I want to be. Like, if I'm ever ashamed to have crosses on my body, then I was mm. like, I need to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got into college, I didn't completely stray from my faith, but I definitely, I think it just took a back seat. Like, I was mm. just experiencing so many new things and meeting new people, and I wasn't really at church as much, and I wasn't necessarily following my faith the way I needed to and I was never ashamed of my cross tattoos but at one point I was like I like looked at them and because somebody had asked me and I explained it and I was like oh crud like I was Mm. like I don't actually think that I'm living into this really and so I feel like that was sort of like a point where I shifted a little bit um and then I feel like since we got married Like, at that point, I kind of corrected a little bit and got stronger back into my faith. And I feel like since we've gotten married, we've really tried to make a very conscious effort to have it be, like, the center of our marriage and the center of our lives Mm -hmm. and the center of my life personally. And so I didn't really have any, like, big come-to-faith moment, but a little bit of... You were blessed to be... Yeah. I'm very blessed with my family and my upbringing, and I really feel like I had wonderful examples of faith-filled people and Mm -hmm. so I feel like not that it's easy to like live a faithful life but I feel like I have tried my best and had really awesome people supporting me so that's kind of my story bless God that's awesome yeah Yeah. absolutely mine on the other hand is a little bit colored Um, (laughs) I grew up as a lukewarm Christian Mm. so my family was or is Religious, uh, we went to church every every Sunday, but I went because I was forced to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all throughout my life, I lived that. I went to Sunday, and then on the weekdays, I did not live out the way <laughs> that Jesus wanted me to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just got worse and worse as I aged into high school and college. You know, I was good at sports, and so I, sur- I centered my identity around that. I was good with the ladies so <laughs> at least I thought I did was um and so I centered my identity around that and so it just kind of spiraled into this really sin-filled life mm. um, and in college that kind of reared its ugly head mm. um and there was a point in college where I didn't go to any classes for months on end I barely left my room um and there was these group of guys in college that we're still friends to this day that really helped me out of that point. And in that point, I still was like, you know, I don't really care about God. Obviously he's not there for me. Like, look where I am right now. And then probably my senior year is when I really started to dive back in, but still in a kind of shallow water type of way so Mm -hmm. i dip my foot in occasionally like oh the water's warm today i'll go in up -hmm. to my knees i'll go up you know up to my waist but i never dove fully in Mm -hmm. um until after college where then these the group of guys i was telling you about we started this kind of bible study together Mm -hmm. and so we did that for about a year and a core of us there's about four of us now that we're all best friends one of them's off in the middle east being a, a missionary one of them is in Chicago. The other one's right down the road here. And it's just that core group of guys really pushed me back into my faith because wow. we would have those hard conversations together of like, what does it mean to be 
men of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the years after college were really influential in my life, but I still, something was holding me back. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a hundred percent in. Mm. Um, and probably I was at 85, 90% of the way there, but something was holding me back. And I think it was just the fact that I did live kind of a sin filled life that it was mm-hmm. just like, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not, mm. I, God doesn't want this. God doesn't want a broken me. Um, And I really had to work hard on that because then Michaela was like, hey, you should get baptized. Like, have you ever thought about it? And we had those conversations and I was like, no, I didn't really think about it. Like, I don't really know the necessity for it and all this. But then I really dove in. I was like, no, this is dying to your old self Mm -hmm. and being born anew, which I desperately needed. Hmm. And so before Declan was born, I consciously made that decision to, hey, I'm going to get baptized and I'm going to be born anew and I'm going to be a hundred percent in. And so, yeah, we got, or I got baptized in a, in a pool. In someone else's pool. <laughs> someone yeah. Someone else's, else's pool. pool. <laughs> um, it was a, it was a heated pool cause we did it in nice. the winter. Um, but yeah, ever, ever since then, and especially ever since having Declan, my heart has been kind of on fire for the Lord. Wow. Um, just cause, and if you're blessed enough to have kids and yeah. as a dad, like, you get a glimpse of the father's love. That's right. And it, <laughs> it's amazing being me, a human, mm. how much more amazing is it for him, the father? Yeah. And so ever since that realization, like I'm, I'm starting to get a little, because <laughs> ever since that realization, I'm like, man, even through my sin filled life, he still loved me this much. Like, what was I doing? <laughs> and so obviously, yeah, there's still, hiccups but we're we're human and yeah the great thing is he gives us grace or shows us grace or yeah. envelops us in grace that hey yeah i stumble and fall but guess what i'm gonna get back up i'm gonna turn my face back to you and we're gonna walk together right on so yeah both of your stories are awesome <laughs> they are thank yeah, they you are. for sharing them <laughs> and and it's it's amazing no no testimony is identical to anybody else's yeah. you know and yeah. you guys both have unique paths and those of you who are listening, uh, regardless of where you're at in your faith journey, uh, I hope just hearing Seth and Michaela's stories will encourage you to take that next step into uh, what God has for you next. If you're 80%, <laughs> hey, jump all the way in. It's a the, lot better. The, wa- the water's warm. <laughs> the water's warm. <laughs> and you can swim. Well, let's turn our attention toward our scripture for today. Wow. We're 10 and a half minutes in. Oh. It's all good. Okay. No, it's so worth it. I'm glad you guys (laughs) told us your stories. um, Speed run. All right. Speed run. Yes. Could you read it at double speed, Michaela? I can do my very best. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Take your time with it. Um, So our Bible reading today is Matthew 13, verses 31 to 35. And if you've been listening to the VP podcast, you know, we we encourage you to read it on your own first because I think there's great value in you just hearing directly from the Holy Spirit, you know, um, from God's word first. Uh, So if you want to pause this and do that, awesome. But uh, otherwise, take us in, Michaela. Okay, so this is the parables of the mustard seed and the yeast. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. 
he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all those things in parables. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So it was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Thank you. So question for you guys. Why did Jesus... <laughs> use parables so much funny thing is i was thinking that exact same thing i, I knew it. you were um, <laughs> and that's just because in all honesty when they talked about yeast i was like i don't understand this well it's not a modern day uh no. reality for most of no, us no not at all i'm like right? i'm not a baker right <laughs> my mom cooks bread with yeast so i was so like, i went to oh, her so you're l- have a little <laughs> more insight yeah. i had to ask her okay <laughs> but no i was thinking and i i think i think he speaks in parables because if he just flat out said what he was thinking, mm-hmm. I think it would go in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. But when he speaks in parables, yeah. not only does it make you think a little bit more on try to truly understand what he's saying, but yeah. I think it allows the Holy Spirit a little wiggle room hmm. to work in you. And to work uniquely in each person. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Or at least that's what I thought. No, I think that's a great insight. Yeah. Uh, any other reasons you guys think he, he might use parables i don't remember like where it is i wish i had written it down but at one point in the gospels he mentions that he speaks in parables basically so that some will understand and others won't which rubs me the wrong way a little bit i think because i'm like wait why the heck are some not supposed to understand like shouldn't this be something that we all absorb but um and I have no idea why he says that or why he means that because it's something I sort of wrestle with a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he mentions it. So I, yeah. That yeah, I would really think if you're a public question. speaker and you have a message that is the most important message. You would think you'd want everyone to understand it. Right. Which One is would, where yeah. I wrestle with it. Right. I, I think part of his motive in using parables is actually to weed out the crowd. Yeah. Hmm. To between true believers and, you know, those who have a heart to pursue God and Mm. a soft heart to, will go after it. Right. They'll be like, I don't fully get this, but I'm, I'm going to go after it. I'm Mm -hmm. going to try to figure it out. And those that maybe are not inclined towards God, they'll be like, whatever, I'm out. To me, it kind of reminds me of the fact that like, it is really hard to become a doctor but you want it to be hard to become a doctor because those are the people that are going to make a massive difference and like save lives. Right and on. so I think that mm-hmm. if our faith is supposed to be like the most important things in our lives and really be transformative, if it's cushy and like very Easy. simple, then right. the basically the wrong people are going to become doctors, like right. type of Interesting. thing. Interesting. That's just what it reminded me of. It's a great insight. <laughs> he never I love s- that. He never says true discipleship is easy. He says the opposite. In fact, yeah. he says the opposite. <laughs> Very like, clearly says, says the opposite. So. <laughs> uh, let's see, what was it? Anyone who wants to be my disciple must what? Take up his cross. Cross. Yeah. Daily. Follow me. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, like, so no. Michaela, talk to us about yeast. <laughs> um. Yes. Okay. So, uh, 
Well, when I was sort of talking to Seth about this, because he's like, I don't get the yeast thing. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about yeast is, one, you need a very small amount of it, given, like, the amount of dough that you have. It's not something like flour, where it takes up, like, the majority of the mixture. So, like, if you're making pizza dough, because that's what we make a lot, you put, like, half a teaspoon of yeast in the entire and what does that look pizza like? dough. It's tiny, and it's little... It, it's like sticky. It sticks to things, and um, it's not a powder. It it is kind of a powder, but it almost has like a kinetic sand type of hmm. feel to it a little bit. Um, and when you add it to water, it just like disperses. Um, hmm. And the thing though is that like yeast is what makes the bread rise, so it's essential for like a good dough mixture if you are hoping to have it rise. <laughs> um, but it's such a tiny amount. So when it says it's like the yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour, like she would not have very much yeast at all compared to the flour. All like, the other ingredients. Yeah, yeah. all mm-hmm. the other ingredients. Like it yeah. would seem almost like nothing except it's essential to the mixture and it's essential to the dough. And right. it gets all the way through and that's what makes it a good bread or a good pizza or something like that. Yeah. And so... In that, it feels very similar to the mustard seed, like where it talks about it being the smallest mm-hmm. seed. Um, the yeast is tiny compared to what you put in, but it's an influential ingredient, and it completely makes a difference in the consistency of the dough and the bread. Um, so why do you think Jesus yeah. would use the mustard seed and yeast, these tiny little influencers, uh, as, a, as a metaphor for the kingdom of God? Um, You're on a roll. (laughs) I personally think in my life where I've witnessed it, sometimes all it takes is a small spark to really like ignite something in someone. And so Mm -hmm. I think that these tiny little amounts of faith that he talks about moving mountains and being Mm -hmm. influential um, can be like in your personal life. Like it can be this faith really transformed me and then it, leaked into every aspect but I also think that sometimes it can be in regards to other people too like Mm -hmm. maybe Seth's face will have an impact on someone else and who knows how that person will impact someone else like you think officially the 12 but really the 11 disciples like look at all they've done through the Bible they changed the world from their faith and comparatively 11 people is nothing and yet they completely transformed everything right and so i think that we can have that impact and i think that having that faith and like believing something that strongly even in such a small dose can really still make a difference even though sometimes it might feel like oh well i haven't done this big thing or i'm not a pastor or i didn't go do this or even like me saying like oh my testimony isn't that impressive or you know whatever maybe it'll still hit home with someone and adjust them, even though to me it feels insignificant almost. Right. Well, I think that's a really good concept to end on (laughs) um, because those who are listening and even the three of us in in this room, we have to be reminded that, um, that what God has deposited in us, even though it doesn't feel like it's all that powerful all the time, uh, it can ignite a revival, like just one person sharing their story. You have, I mean, one person shared their faith with Billy Graham, mm-hmm. you know, of course, having no idea what then when, when he caught the spark, 
you know, millions of people caught the spark from him. And, right. and he's not even as influential as the 12, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the original 12 disciples. But um, listeners, just, just know that uh, that mustard seed that's in you or that itty bitty little bit of yeast um, can have a tremendous impact when, when God kind of anoints it and breathes his life on it. And so God bless you all. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.